It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are incredible! Older than wise. Yeah, well, you're half right. What is this, amateur hour? This is going to be huge. I believe this is going to be our finest hour. Just when I think you've said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. edition of the Sports Rush Hump Day. Halfway there, appropriately, as Bon Jovi introduces us to the show. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. We've got a big one on tap today. We're going to be talking to multiple guests. In fact, coming up in just minutes, we'll talk to Jordan Poole from the Snyder Panthers. You just heard Caleb Hatch in the update mention that Jordan Poole was among the core group of All-Stars for the Indiana Junior All-Stars. So a big congratulations to her. Uh, also, uh, uh, I'm thinking that the, uh, and I think I probably got it here, uh, on the uh, the second group, which is not the core group, Janae Donahue of Snyder also made what they call the blue group. That's what I had to look up, was actually... And so two Snyder Juniors making Indiana Junior All-Star. So that fares well for next year after Snyder made it to the semi-state and lost by one to Fishers, uh, Jordan Poole, who still hasn't made up her decision on uh, where she's going to go to college. But we'll have to ask her about that when we talk to her. Coming up in about 15 minutes from now. Also, the Wayne Generals are heading to the regional and they will take on Noblesville coming up this Saturday at Logansport. That'll be game one of two. We'll be able to broadcast game two, which is the Northside Legends and the Kokomo Wildcats. We're unable to broadcast the Wayne game due to contractual commitments to the Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament. But uh, we'll be able to get the second game squeezed in. And so uh, we will have Northside versus Kokomo, but we'll be sure to give you updates on what the Wayne Generals do. But Byron Pickens, coach of the Wayne Generals, is going to join us coming up at 435. Hour number two, we'll talk Colts and James Boyd. Uh, should the Colts have any interest in Lamar Jackson? That will be the question I'll present to James Boyd. I've got a feeling on it. But James Boyd joining us coming up at 520 and at 535. It's Dan Lust, sports law attorney. So many cases right now in sports law. Pat McAfee getting sued by Brett Favre for defamation. Is there any case there at all? And what would Brett Favre have to prove to win the case against Pat McAfee? Also, uh, what's the latest with Daniel Snyder and how does he still own an NFL football team, what would be the process to remove him? 
And what's his legal case right now? Because he's being investigated by uh, the feds. So uh, we'll talk to Dan Lust about that. We also have the Live Golf versus PGA Tour, uh, an ongoing legal process. We'll get the latest on what's happening there. And uh, maybe even try to sneak in a question about John Morant and the situation involving the video. And uh, does that present enough evidence for him to be charged with any kind of a crime? Is there even a charge here? Is it illegal to have the gun in the nightclub? Uh, we'll find out. We'll talk to Dan Lust coming at 535 this afternoon. And, of course, our phone line or our text line always open at 46862. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, it's 46862. You know, I... I saw this, and last week I was defending Antoine Antoine Davis from Detroit Mercy going for the all-time scoring record. People want to claim that it's not legitimate because Antoine Davis has a five-year career at Detroit Mercy and Pistol Pete Maravich, who has owned the NCAA scoring mark since 1970, uh, only had three years to do it because freshmen couldn't play back in Pistol Pete's day. And we talked about this on the show, Adam, that Pistol Pete was able to shoot a lot more shots, a lot more shots. 38 shots a game were launched by Pistol Pete Maravich, which nobody in today's game would be able to get away with 38 shots a game. There's too, too many good, talented players You'd never be able to get teammates that would stick around if you were shooting 38 times. <laughs> um, you know, but at LSU, I think because of the disparity of talent, they deferred to Pistol Pete and he kind of took over. Ball was in his hands most of the time. He was able to search for his shot. The defenses were not nearly as good back then as what they are today with the quick, long athletes. You've got, you know, you've got. You've got a lot more of a challenge this year just to take over and try to just simply score. And uh, and so I, I gave Antoine Davis a lot of credit because no one's done what he's done over the last 50 years. And, you know, I thought even you know, if he gets it or doesn't get it, he should be recognized for the pursuit and how close he came. Because he deserves that five years. I don't think it even matters because uh, the COVID year, you had a lot of games canceled. It was a shortened season. It was, you know, a lot of emotional stuff going on as players had to practice with masks on. And, you know, I don't think I don't think the average public, they just look at five years. They don't realize what that COVID year was like for our college athletes. I mean, I know because I was with the Mastodons, but there were no fans you had to wear masks every practice. The only time you could take off the mask was when you played your games. Um, and uh, it was it was bad. And uh, you had to be isolated pretty much from your friends because they didn't want you to get COVID and pass it to your teammates and be forced into cancellations or forfeits. Uh, because they also could rule that you could forfeit if you were careless or broke protocols. And so... It was a rough year for all of our college athletes that COVID year. So I get why the NCAA wanted to say, okay, let's just wipe this clean and pretend like this year didn't exist and everybody will get an additional year. And I defended Antoine Davis in his pursuit. And they beat the Mastodons. 
He got that extra game against Youngstown State. And he got a three-pointer at the buzzer that would have tied the all-time record for Pistol Pete Maravich. He missed. So, officially, Detroit, with what is it, a 15-19 and 19 record, 14-19, and 19, I know they're sub-500. And it's not just a game below 500. But Detroit's season should be over. And the record should continue to stand. And Antoine Davis finishes a great career that should be lauded. But he also should fall three points short of Pistol Pete Maravich. And this weekend, what do I see on Twitter but a graphic that was posted on the CBI Twitter account showing a map with the distance between Detroit Mercy University and Daytona Beach. And then one of those thinking emojis. And now I'm hearing reports that the CBI has extended a formal invitation to Detroit Mercy. And Detroit Mercy is trying to determine if they can come up with the funding. Because it's a pay-to-play tournament. To enter the CBI, accept the invite, and go down to Daytona Beach and have at least one more game. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, Like I said, I defended his pursuit of the record. But now you've got my asterisk attached to it. Because I don't like the idea that a team that would normally never be considered for a postseason tournament, is going to get an invite, not because of the team's success or because the team earned it, but because it's going to be a PR move by the tournament and a PR move by the university to get Antoine Davis the all-time scoring mark. I don't like it. I think it's a farce. I don't believe that you should take away a spot in that tournament which only has 16 places to to invite teams. I don't think you should take a spot away from someone else who's had a really good team year and had team success and maybe fell short in their conference tournament in a one-bid league, and you should uh, give that invite to Detroit Mercy just simply because one person is trying to reach a record. I don't like it at all, and it looks like, and I would guess... Mike Davis has enough connected friends. Of course, Mike Davis, former Indiana coach and the coach at Detroit Mercy. I would think that they would find the approximately $17,500, which is what's being estimated that they would have to pay to participate in this tournament. That he would be able to find that money and then you add maybe, uh, you know, some incidental travel cost of some sort. But the bottom line I think Detroit Mercy is going to end up playing in that thing, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I get it. I, I mean, it's already a kind of a – I don't want to say a joke of a tournament because there's some legitimate teams that play in it, but they're making their credibility go down by adding a team such as Detroit Mercy. It's a good tournament, too. That's the thing. The CBI is is a heck of a tournament. They, yeah. they put it on at a really nice event. It's a great venue in Daytona Beach. Uh, Macedon's, of course, played in this event last year right. and got a chance to go out down. You stay in a big hotel right across from the convention center. You can walk to your games. 
and you're right on the beach. Joe's Crab Shack is right there. <laughs> uh, you can walk like the boardwalk or whatever they call it, the strip there at Daytona Beach. And we had beautiful weather when we went down. It was a fantastic trip. Everybody enjoyed it last year. It was a little short for the Mastodons because they lost their first game down in Daytona Beach. But um, it, it's a fantastic tournament. But uh, but I think, like you're saying, they all of a sudden, they're trying to get the spotlight on their tournament and turn it into positive PR because they're going to have the, nas- the nation's attention on their tournament because one of the individual players that they have invited is going to be going after a, an all-time record that has stood for over 50 years. And I think if if Detroit was 500, I'd say they really don't deserve it, but you can't disqualify them because they had a 500 record. But there's going to be probably a 20-win team that would have played in the CBI that's not going to get that opportunity now because of this. I I just personally do not like the whole idea. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line. By the way, speaking of college basketball last night, what a finish. Cleveland State and Northern Kentucky. And Adam, on the show yesterday, Mr. Vegas asked on our text line who I would take with Northern Kentucky being a two-and-a-half point favorite. And I said, I like Northern Kentucky. Yeah. I think they'll cover. And I'm like, if you're going to pick Northern Kentucky to win, might as well pick them to, to you know, give up the two and a half points because what's the chances it ends up being a one or two point game, right? Yeah, I sure do hope uh, Cleveland State doesn't hit a uh, last second three pointer there. To, would uh, certainly, uh, yeah, you would certainly hope that wouldn't happen. Yeah, it turned into one bad beat. <laughs> I mean, bad. And I know Scott Van Pelt does his bad beat segment on Monday. This is a Tuesday game. I don't know if it'll make it to next Monday to appear on Bad Beats, but I certainly felt the pain last night because after making that proclamation here on the show that I would take Northern Kentucky, I would give two and a half to Cleveland State. I felt pretty good down the stretch because Northern Kentucky was holding on to a five or six point lead and with seven seconds remaining, seven seconds, Northern Kentucky is up by five with the ball getting fouled they've got a guy going to the free throw line who is 11 <laughs> for 12 in the game yep 11 for 12 all he's got to do is make one that's it one and one Marquez Warwick finished the game 11 for 13 from the free throw line when he missed the front end of a one and one with seven seconds left in a five point game. And Cleveland State dribbles into the front court, launches about a 28 foot three pointer swish at the buzzer. Yep. And it would uh, prove to not matter in the final score, but it would prove to matter in the wallets. That's of one of those where. You know, that uh, may be insignificant to some, but very important to many. Yes. And I was part of that many because I thought <laughs> my pride just took a big flush down the toilet. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Vegas, if you were asking my advice and you took it yesterday, I am sorry. We both felt the pain of a bad beat. But uh, Northern Kentucky is going to be the representative from the Horizon League going to the dance uh, as they defeated Cleveland State 
by two last night. Uh, tournament play continues this week. We've got a lot of basketball on the airwaves. Back the Big Ten tournament gets started tonight. We'll have coverage of Wisconsin, Ohio State, Nebraska versus Minnesota. That will start at 6.15 tonight and then all day tomorrow, all day Friday. And we'll sneak in the sports rush, kind of a special edition between the two sessions. And so we might be on around 4.30, 4.45. We might be on at 5 or 5.15. We don't know. We know we'll be on until 6.15 each of the next two days. So we'll get started late, but we'll stay on a little late. So you just got to adjust your clocks and make sure you don't miss the sports rush next couple of days. Anything else we need to cover? Oh, let's get the headlines. I know we've got a lot of news breaking, so let's go ahead and find out what's happening in the world of sports with today's top headlines. Yeah, well, we're actually, yeah, you said we're going to be talking to sports lawyer uh, Dan Lust in the second hour. Well, this is just in. Uh, Glendale, Colorado police has closed their investigation into Grizzly star John Morant with no charge or crime. Quote, there was not enough available evidence Ah. to charge anyone with a crime. End quote. Okay, so apparently he can flash the gun at the club. Yeah, well, three more. Not something I've ever done. (laughs) Three more tickets to the big dance were punched last night, Brett. You heard uh, just a second ago about the Northern Kentucky Norse. Joining them will be the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles and the the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who both won their conference tournaments last night. Don't want to play ORU, I'll tell you that. If you're a mid-mate or if you're a uh, power conference team, you don't want to. And they're uh, projected right now, I think, as a 12 seed. They're going to be one of those 5-12 matchups. Wow, yeah. I think I'd put them even higher. I, I think I'd put them probably at 11, maybe 10. It just depends on how the bracket plays out. But that is one dangerous team. And, and just wait. When we have our bracket challenge coming up next week and everybody's filling out their brackets, it'll be interesting to see what percentage of our listeners ride with Oral Roberts. That's a good basketball team. Yeah, three more tickets to the big dance will be punched tonight in the Southland Conference, the Patriot League, and the Big Sky Conference. Ooh, I don't know any of them. I wanted to get your thoughts on this that just came out yesterday. The New York Giants signed quarterback Daniel Jones to a four-year contract and used their non-exclusive franchise tag on running back Saquon Barkley. Daniel Jones' deal is worth $160 million with $82 million guaranteed. The deal includes up to $35 million in incentives. One of those agents that probably really enjoyed the uh, the shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's last week because <laughs> they were in a perfect position. They had the Giants pinned against the wall because the Giants had to decide between signing Jones and tagging Barkley or signing Barkley, tagging Jones. It was one of those, and they decided they were going to stick with the quarterback long term, which is probably a better decision than a running back. And... Daniel Jones pretty much got his money. He wanted 45. He got 40. I don't think he's going to cry about it on his way to the bank. Big payday. There you go. We just got a text from Mr. Vegas. He said he was sick on Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a, a really tough one because it looked like for about the last five minutes, it looked pretty safe that, that the margin was going to stay at that five or six point range. And then uh, miss free throw and a three-pointer, and boom, you end up with a two-point final score. Those are today's top headlines with Adam Lundy. 
46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. If you've got anything to add to the show, welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix 46. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy coming up on the show. We've got Byron Pickens, coach of the Wayne Generals, as they head to the regional coming up this Saturday. We will be at the regional in Logansport. Unfortunately, because of prior commitments with the Big Ten Network or, or Big Ten Tournament, we're not going to be able to cover the Wayne game, but we will bring you play-by-play action of Northside versus Kokomo. And, of course, we'll keep you updated on our Twitter, at 1380thefan, as far as what happens with the Wayne Generals. And, of course, it hasn't been that long ago that we were following the Snyder Lady Panthers in their pursuit of a state championship they come up short, losing in the semi-state to Fisher, 67-66. Maybe I'm bringing up a sore subject right now with our next guest, because today they announced the IHSAA Girls Junior All-Star Teams. And on the core group, Snyder's Jordan Poole. And she joins us right now on the guest line. And Jordan, congratulations. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and, of course, I brought up that Fisher's game such a heartbreaker. You fought so hard down to the finish. Uh, you know, uh, something like that, I guess, the, the pain you feel from losing and the disappointment of having a season come to an end where you were playing so well there at the finish. Uh, how long does that take to get over, or have you gotten over it at this point? Yeah, I mean, I can't dwell on it. I know I can't dwell on it, but, um, you know, it's always tough to lose like that, especially by one point. But it's it's really just motivation. Um, I've been in the gym ever since, so it's just motivated me to keep working and motivate me to push my teammates in the off season and stuff, so we can go farther next year. Well, and you've got uh, you know pretty much the roster coming back next year, so you're mm-hmm. going to have that second run at it. So if you can use this as motivation and be ready to go next year. It could turn into ultimately a positive, and we certainly uh, hope the best for you. Let's uh, let's talk about your uh, making it on the junior all stars. How did you find out about this? Yeah, I just saw it on Twitter earlier today, and I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> you're like you're like the rest of us. They they don't even call you or send you a, a text or anything. They just post it on Twitter and say, "Oh, the kids will see it this way." Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They, yeah. they, they can post it on Insta. They go on. I mean, come on, man. I can't believe that. I figured you all get, you know, some kind of a special phone call yeah. or, you know, something that you would have gotten a heads up on this. Uh, yeah. Your thoughts as soon as you found out? Um, you know, I was super excited um, and I felt really, um, you know, excited about it. Uh, I read about it and stuff. I just um, feel like my work. My work was paying off and stuff. So. <laughs> Imagine your, your classmate, somebody sitting next to you could have said, hey, guess what? I just learned. I just learned right. you're a junior all-star. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you make the core group, which is obviously a, a very high honor with a very select, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some very select companies. So that's uh, that's great for you. But yeah. I want to talk about your recruiting because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where is it at right now? Have you narrowed the list? Have you, uh, are you still exploring schools? What's the process for you as far as what you're going to do when you're done with high school? Right. Um, yeah, so it's, a, it's getting about close to that time. I'm starting to narrow them down and stuff. Um, pretty soon I'm about to start taking officials, like really soon, actually. Um, but yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm looking forward to committing, 
you know, some pond this summer. So, yeah. Who's on the list right now? Um, my top. Yeah. Who do, who do you have? You said you're taking an officials, so I guess we could start there. Who do you have scheduled to go have official visits with? Okay, so I haven't like actually scheduled any yet, but okay. like I know I know my dad's been working on it, but um, yeah, uh, I would say uh, Purdue, Iowa. I'm going to just give you a top five. This isn't the exact list, but... Yeah, I, I want you to do that all on Twitter and stuff, because that's the yeah. way you do it these days. You have to post, you know, my top five, my top three, here's my choice. Yeah. But I get all that. I, I, I'll i be yeah. honest, Jordan, I'm not thrilled with it, because I'm old school. But I get it. That's the way it's played today. But um, yeah. uh, your top your top five schools, if you can throw them out to us, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Um. Yeah, I said Purdue, Iowa... Uh, Marquette, West Virginia. Um, how many is that? That's four. That's four, but that's okay because anybody you throw in now, we're not going to believe you. No, I'm kidding. It, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Iowa, man, oh man, Caitlin Clark. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. any young player, and I'll consider you a young player because I'm an old fart. But uh, yeah. any young player today has to look at Caitlin Clark and try to copy so much of her game. She's pretty special, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. It's so fun watching her play. For real. Like, she's like female Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and some people have made that comparison with you because you seem to have unlimited range. Do you, do you ever feel right. like there's a shot that just a little too, you know, it's like, nah, I'm too far out? No, no. <laughs> That's what I anyway. no, no, I can see the basket. I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, it's always fun to watch you play. Best of luck to you, and congratulations you. again on being an Indiana Junior All-Star. Thank you. I appreciate it. I that think- is Jordan Poole joining us here on our guest line. I think we might know what it's come down to for Jordan Poole. Maybe. I don't know. I, I get this sense that at the top of her list, it might be Iowa and Purdue. Uh, I, I just because, you know, and that's one of the reasons I think why these kids don't like to, you know, announce it. They like to just post it because everybody's logo looks the same when you look at five of them on a on a graphic. But, you know, we analyze what list and what order did she give them to us and. How quick did she fire away at some and then have to think of the others? But uh, great, great basketball player, Jordan Poole. And I think, you know, the argument against her might have been too small, but now she's up to five. They list her at five, eight. I, that, that's probably a little bit of a stretch, probably five, six and a half, five, seven. But she's proven, I think, that, that at this point she can play in the big leagues. And so uh, a lot of those power conference teams getting a chance to look at her and is she – Gets set uh, to wrap up her junior year and move into her senior year. She'll be getting closer and closer to making a college commitment. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. By the way, did you hear about this uh, comedy show that is coming to Parkview Field? On June 23rd, it was announced today that Parkview Field is going to be hosting the fully loaded comedy tour coming to Fort Wayne Parkview Field This summer, on June 23rd, features like five or six comedians, including Tiffany Haddish. She's the one name that really jumped out when I saw the list of comedians. 
Uh, a lot of them I recognize or I've seen perform before, but I don't know all the comedians' names. But uh, Tiffany Haddish is among the group that's going to perform. And, uh, you know, June 23rd just happens to be the same night that the Doobie Brothers are going to be at the Coliseum. So big night of entertainment that uh, that Saturday night on June 23rd. Uh, once again, if you want to get details or information, I imagine it's on the Tin Caps website. I know it is posted on Twitter on the Tin Caps Twitter, where they announced it. So that is uh, that is a big show coming to Parkview Field on June 23rd. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We'll talk boys regional basketball. The Wayne Generals practicing up. They've got Noblesville on tap this Saturday. And Coach Byron Pickens is going to join us next. This is the Sports Rush at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Coming up on Saturday, it's the boys' first go-round with this new tournament format. We're going to be going to Logansport, but it's not for morning games, followed by a potential championship at night. It is the regional with the one-game format. And the Wayne Generals take on the Noblesville Millers, I believe it is. You know, I, I started to say that, and then I almost caught myself that I, I think it's the Millers. And then uh, the Northside Legends will take on the Kokomo Wildcats, and uh, we'll have coverage from uh, Logansport coming up this Saturday. But uh, what a year it has been for the Wayne Generals. I think a team that kind of had to earn some respect throughout the season, maybe overlooked when the season started, but nobody is overlooking the Wayne Generals now. And part of the reason why is Coach Byron Pickens, who has led this team to a 20-4 and record, 12 straight wins, and a sectional championship. And Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations on getting to cut down the nets last week. Uh, a heck of a game against Homestead. Absolutely. I appreciate you for having me on uh, today. Well, uh, it's always uh, it's always a pleasure to recognize schools, especially some that have had long years and, and long uh uh, droughts where they've had this kind of success and and you know the thing about that i think a lot of teams it's tough to teach them the confidence that it can be done when they haven't seen others before them do that at what point did this team did you feel that they had the confidence that they could be this good uh it was probably this summer um uh, we uh we had a, a pretty good schedule um where we played some tough competition uh, and we went to Iwu, um, and we played against, uh, Chesterton. Um, and mm-hmm. we, uh, we kind of beat them pretty handily. Um, and once that happened, um, my, my antenna started going up about this team, uh, that they were, they're a little, a little bit further along than I thought they would be. Isn't that amazing? The years ago, we didn't even have the summer basketball for the high school programs. Now you're able to start to kind of forecast your seasons based on what you're seeing in those, those summer games. And you had that stretch. Right at the beginning of 2023, where you had three straight in about a four-day period, it was a grind against North Tech and Norwell. Lost all three. Uh, what was the psyche of the team at that point, and how did you get them then to turn it around and go on this 12-game run? Um, uh, well, in, in that uh, in that section of the schedule, um, we had a, a bit of an identity crisis um, where we were trying to be someone who we weren't. Um, and after the, the Norwell loss, um, we just came together, um, and the boys actually led it. Uh, they, they started taking defense a little bit more personal. Um, and from there, um, we, we've, we've been able to, to get stops. Uh, no stops has created uh, transition points for us. Um, and we just kind of made that our motto, um, and we're just running with it. 
You know, it is interesting because you can see that bear out statistically that it is hard to get to 60 against your group right now. It is collectively a team that's become a very good defensive team. And and now you've kind of found that as your identity. But we can't overlook some of the offensive skill that you've got. Uh, Javon Lewis has really emerged as someone pretty darn special in the SAC. Absolutely. Um Javon has actually been pretty special since his freshman year. Um, he's, uh, he came in uh, probably maybe six games in. He started for us as a freshman. Um, and he's really matured um, in not just his game, mentality, his body. Um, and he's really helped the team uh, get that confidence to, to feel like we can win these games as well. Well, you've got a big one coming up against Noblesville on Saturday. And it's just one to win a regional title. So it isn't the morning and the night. You've just got one game, and you can be a regional champion. What do you know about Noblesville? So we're, we're, we're a little happy that we only have to do one this time. Um, we're, we're heading to Logansport right now to get some shots up. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, and hopefully the shots just fall, uh, fall as good as they did against uh, Homestead <laughs> uh, National Championship. Yeah, it uh, it should be a fun matchup, and uh, can't wait to see it on Saturday there at the Berry Bowl. And again, congratulations! It's uh, uh, rare territory, and I, I know you've got to be extremely proud of your team. Not only what they've accomplished as a team, but also all the individual recognition that they've gotten. And you know, and and before I let you go, that's probably a message too that we should we should point out. That a lot of times those individual accolades come when the team has success, and it certainly worked out for your team this year. Absolutely, and the one thing I like about our our, our guys, they're they're getting all these individual accolades, but it's not. Um, See, this is what happens when you go on the road to Logansport. You get in the uh, the black holes of cell service. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Byron Pickens, but we'll just uh, go ahead and move along. But. Uh, big big uh, shout-out to the Wayne Generals, and good luck coming up. This Saturday, they take on Noblesville. It's 4 o'clock at Logansport. Once again, we would love to broadcast the game, but unfortunately, because of scheduling conflicts and contractual commitments that we have with the Big Ten, uh, we will be broadcasting the Big Ten tournament and then slipping away to be able to cover Northside and Kokomo and the 7 o'clock game on Saturday night. And we will, of course, give you an update, give you a full report on everything that happens with the Wayne Generals from Logansport when we have the game this Saturday. I am back on the high school call this Saturday night. Uh, and so join me from the Berry Bowl for the Northside Legends and the Kokomo Wildcats. Certainly looking forward to that, and we appreciate Coach Pickens uh, joining us here on the show. We got this text on the uh, Parkview Sports Medicine text line that I kind of wanted to get your opinion on here since it's uh, we're going to be diving into this a little bit more in the second hour, but uh, might as well get a little uh, warm-up here. Uh, someone asks on the text line, 46862, at Sports Rush, would you rather Colts go for Lamar Jackson, draft Anthony Richardson, go after Aaron Rodgers, or... Trade JT and Pittman and fire Ballard and completely start over in a full rebuild. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's plenty of other options here where we don't have to go. Would you rather pick this guy, this guy, this guy, or just blow everything up? I mean, <laughs> you know, I right now, 
I guess if I had to think, what would make me feel the best about the future of the Colts? At least have the most confidence that the Colts maybe are going the right way. Right now, my confidence level is highest on C.J. Stroud. And that's not even one of the options he gave me. I don't know if that's part <laughs> of the blow it up and and start over, but uh, but he left an option of Anthony Richardson, but yeah. he didn't give us the option. And maybe that's just assuming the Colts stay at four and that that uh, Bryce Young and 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 uh, C.J. Stroud are already off the board when the Colts draft. I don't know how he came up with that particular four. But I would feel the most confidence as of today in C.J. Stroud. Now, everybody's heard me talk about Richardson. And, yes, I brought him up because I didn't think he was being talked enough about for consideration. Because I saw the film. I saw what he could do from an athletic standpoint. And to be quite honest, there's flashes of a Lamar Jackson. There's flashes of a Josh Allen. There. You know, there's all different types of players that you kind of see in an Anthony Richardson. The thing that you can't unsee is that he also completed only 54% of his passes. But he had an, an incredibly strong arm, very poor mechanics, which I think plays into the completion percentage. And I think that's something where NFL coaches are going to have to look at him and say, if we get him straightened out mechanically, can we get him to be an accurate quarterback? I saw a lot of throws where Richardson threw with his hips open. He didn't close the hips and point the front shoulder. You know, he he instead opened the hips and fired it almost all arm. But he was so strong with his arm that he didn't need his hips. Most quarterbacks, they've got to, you know... Yeah, they've got to turn the hips, the shoulders, everything <laughs> yeah, to get you, the ball to go. You see them doing the hula dancing warm-ups on the sideline before yeah. the game. Yeah, that's uh, Dak Prescott <laughs> you're talking about there with that little hip swing. <laughs> okay, you don't need to display it for me, Adam. I really don't need to see that on a Wednesday. Uh, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, Anthony Richardson is one of those guys that has a lot of mechanical flaws. And that's why I think everybody's saying, well, he hasn't had a lot of starts. He's a project. He's going to have to, you know, have a year or two to prepare to take over a team. He's not ready to go in and start from day one. And that may very well be true because I think some of the percentage issues are because of his mechanical flaws. And I think it's also inexperience. He hasn't had a lot of experience. Now, I also think the fact that there's a lack of experience means there's a lack of chemistry with receivers and maybe there were some mistimed routes and all of those things that you have to put into the equation because Stroud played the year before, uh, uh, Young played the year before, Levis played the year before. And so there's some continuity there in quarterback play that Richardson didn't have. Now, he did play, but he wasn't the everyday starter like he was this past season for Florida. So... Yeah, I was, my confidence level's highest on C.J. Stroud. Yeah, I feel like that's gone up a bit. Has uh, did you notice something in the past couple of days that kind of has you higher on Stroud? Or no, no, not really. <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, he's always been, because 
I think he brings the complete package. And the only thing I wanted to see was that he didn't mess up the interview. Now, I wasn't thrilled with his comment at the press conference. Oh, about his, his role models were Deshaun Watson and Michael Vick, because I thought, well, you could have probably a couple of better characters to name as your role models. Deshaun Watson, of course, involved in that whole situation with the uh, massage therapist and Michael Vick involved with the dog situation. So I, I think you probably could have picked a couple of better names to I mean, say. Yeah, it's like I know you were talking about from like a quarterback, like football yeah. perspective. Like that's why I idolize them. But you couldn't have picked anybody yeah, else. But you're, you know, this is your big first chance in front of the media <laughs> yeah. at the combine. The whole world is watching, and it's like, huh? Who? And, and so, you know, I thought, well, that doesn't necessarily show being being, uh, you know, quick on your feet and being able to come up with the answer or the best answer. <laughs> it, you know, that's one of those Miss America type questions, right? Where they give an answer and it's like, okay, they were honest and, you know, they uh, they had some thought behind it. But, gosh, I think there's a little better answer if you want to be politically correct and you want to satisfy the masses that probably going with a Michael Vick and a Deshaun Watson is not the way to do it. Um, and so I, uh, I kind of question that. But other than that, I, I, I've always kind of felt like C.J. Stroud brings the whole package. He had success at Ohio State. He's a big quarterback. Uh, I think he's got the accuracy. Um, I, you know, does he have the strongest arm among the group? No, he's probably got among that four. He might have the weakest arm. So, but but overall, I kind of feel like he's the safest pick, at least in my mind. Um, I'm worried about young size and. Levis, maybe decision making. I, I just, I, I've never been real high on Levis. Yeah, so you're not looking for a high risk, high reward guy here. If we're going top four in the draft, is what you're saying. I want somebody that starts good but has the potential to be better. Now, maybe not that. You know, that with Richardson, I think there's a higher ceiling because you can have that. You know, quarterback scramble on a third down, but also you're taking on a real risk that he could be a total. Jamarcus Russell type bust. Yeah. He's absolutely. already 245 pounds. You know, what if he starts getting up near that 260, 265 range? That's what Jamarcus Russell, I think, was. Um, and and so I do think you take some chances if you go Richardson. I think you get a really good quarterback in Young, but how much punishment in the NFL will he be able to take during a long season, etc.? That's why, you know, when you narrow it down out of this group, I like Stroud. Now, I can tell you that not one of these quarterbacks would probably even rate half as high on the scale as what Caleb Williams is going to rate next year. That's the guy that I think the Colts should really covet if they want that future quarterback. That's why I wonder how aggressive teams will be to go up and jump in right now because maybe they'll save their resources, save their picks, and decide next year's the year I'm throwing everything in to try to get Caleb Williams. That's very possible. Now, if you're the Jets, no, you don't do that because you're just not a well-run organization. Instead, you go out and spend <laughs> a boatload of money and try to snag Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, because the Jets might be in a perfect spot to make that move. And imagine if they added with the young talent they've got added Caleb Williams next year. I think that would be the home run for the Jets. They might be too good to get the number one pick next year, but they certainly wouldn't be in a position 
perhaps to draft him if they've got Aaron Rodgers on a two or three year deal. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead and play uh, play Zach Wilson. Well, yeah, yeah. tank for Caleb. <laughs> yeah, tank tank uh, tank the season for Caleb. And actually, if he was in this draft, wouldn't we wouldn't even have a discussion, would we? I, I don't think so. He's that much better than the guys we have this year. He's really good. Really good. I mean, but, but there isn't, like, with Young, you look and say, a um, lot of tangibles, but he's small. You know, and, and C.J. Stroud, what about the arm strength? And, you know, yeah, he was throwing to some of the most elite receivers in the entire college football. In, in college football, uh, is he really, truly that accurate? I, I think Stroud's a much more accurate passer than some people are giving him credit for. I think he's great on accuracy. I think he might be a slight question mark on just overall vertical arm strength. And uh, and the fact that he didn't throw at the combine kind of hurts. 46862 is Parkview Sports Madison text line. 46862. Coming up in hour number two, we talk to James Boyd. Maybe we'll get his thoughts on this uh, from The Athletic. Also, Dan Lust, sports law attorney. Boy, there's so many things happening legally in the world of sports right now. Pat McAfee, Daniel Snyder, Live Golf versus the PGA Tour. And we'll get the latest from Dan Lust coming up at about 535. If you've got anything to weigh in, our Parkview Sports Medicine text line is 46862. It's the Sports Rush taking you home on Hump Day, Wednesday edition on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.